after hours. Me, 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 me. All right, Hannah, I know I've been talking a lot, so I'm going to make sure I poke the bear a little bit and get you right on part two of our in-depth look at competitive work environments. Part one, we discussed a lot of the cons. There are some pros. There's always a place for some competition in a work environment, but I think there's got to be a balance of so many other pieces, right? Got to have recognition outside of just the competition. I mean, you can't all of a sudden say, yeah, this person's doing a great job on turnover, but we're not, that's not our focus this quarter. One of the the most important pieces, if you want to foster a competitive work environment or even create temporary uh, competitive work scenarios, you touched it in part one. What are the company goals? Are they mm-hmm. the right goals? And then let's talk about your department. How can your department, so let's say we've established that the company goals for right now are on point. Company goals are set. We know that what we do in our department can directly impact those goals. And you want to start a little competition. How would you start it off as far as addressing the team? How would you go about approaching it? Well, first of all, it's not more, I'm not as concerned about pitfalls. It's more of an environment that I would not thrive in. So I think that first and foremost, you have to have the right people and environment to be in that competitive, you know, in the competitive environment. So it's not for everyone. And I feel like it's something that's not for me. So I just want to make sure that (laughs) our listeners are clear. But here's what I would do if this was the environment that I was in is I would, first of all, I would set very clear expectations around this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And here's what I want you to do. So like, if you're really clear on what it is, but I think the most important thing to be clear on is the why we're doing it. And it's around, you know, why this is good for the business, why we think this would be a fun way to engage people into this competition. But at the end of the day, it's not a competition for the sake of competition. It's a competition to help grow the business. And here's, you know, here's how we're going to do it. So to me, that's how you set it up and not like if people just consider it to be a competition and that's it, I think people will turn to maybe uh, less savory ways of winning the competition versus understanding like, hey, here's why we're doing it. Here's how it's going to take care of our customers or whatever it might be and understanding why we're doing it versus just the sake of a competition. I love that. I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, there are some people that all you have to do is say competition, go. And they're all like, yeah, 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 yeah. But there are other people that let's say they're like, listen, I'm a top performer. I'm great at what I do. I get it that you guys want to have a competition, but this is just that's not how I work. So, uh, you know, I'm your, I'm a steady Eddie. I have systems in place. My systems work. They're effective. Great. Um, and maybe they're not going to get as motivated. But if you say, you know, these are the reason we're doing this is these new company objectives. If we all improve by 15 percent, it's going to make those objectives easier to handle. So I want to have a little friendly competition and there's going to be some incentives and payoffs throughout the competition. So if you say it and you, mm-hmm. you like you said, you have the clear direction. I like that maybe it doesn't have to be a hard incentive like first person to get 50 placements gets a vacation in in key west no there's all kinds of different things you can do and you want to still have these weekly performance updates but it doesn't have to be hannah oh my gosh you're eighth out of eight bobby great job you're first place well that doesn't do anything first off if the playing field's not level 
I think you need to establish that. And that's where I've seen the biggest mistakes made. Say a certain market, uh, let's do it recruiting wise, just because that's what I do. So let's say there's a certain, there's certain markets that all you have to do is actually put up an ad. And as a recruiter, your job is just filtering the resumes and setting up the interviews to find the best mm -hmm. candidate. That's it. There are other markets where if you get three resumes a week uh, from an ad, mm -hmm. that's like, wow. Uh, resumes are up 200 percent you know what i mean so no i do and you know just a quick sorry i i was i worked when i was in a sales environment i remember one at one point i had a really terrible territory where i was trying to sell uh online ads in like rural oklahoma in the <laughs> early 2000s where people weren't online and I remember people who were in like metropolitan areas were killing it on their sales goals. And I'm like, I'm trying, but I am in an area in which people aren't quite uh, looking for jobs online just yet. And in industries where they're not historically finding jobs online. So that level of playing field, I think, is a huge thing where I feel like some people are set up for success uh, and have like that, you know, the gift that keeps on giving. And then there's others where it's like you have to fight tooth and nail to try to get one customer. <laughs> Absolutely. Some people have those markets. Those markets should be acknowledged and identified as you're going into this. It's, yes. I always think the, the best way to level a playing field, I've done a lot of weight loss bets. And typically, anytime you do a weight loss bet, you do it by the percentage of your weight. You hmm. can't say first one to drop 20 pounds wins because someone else may need to lose 100 pounds to get to their goal weight, and someone else may only need to lose 15 pounds. But right. I, I have found that weight loss bets is a time when competition helps me. It's something I normally am not good at. Every time I've done a weight loss bet, I have either won or been in the top two, and I've usually kept the weight off for a year or so, and then I have to do another weight loss bet. But you do it by percentage because that's what levels the playing field. The other thing I think you have to do by saying there are going to be different awards and acknowledgments throughout this competition is you can foster other types of growth and productivity. And what I mean by that is obviously one of the biggest concerns in competitive environments is that every man and woman for themselves mentality. And right. let's say you and I work very closely together and there are things that you help me with and vice versa. If you help me do something that gets me uh, a, a surge of placements or even one, I should be willing to acknowledge you both as my peer that helped me, or if I'm your supervisor, I should say, you know, Mick, Mick did get that uh, placement in a market that hasn't seen a placement in six months. You know, yeah. he told me Hannah spent a good weekend with him coming up with different things they could try in that market that's worked for her in tough markets. And so Hannah, I'm giving you the assist award for this period uh, for helping make make a breakthrough, because if it wasn't for you two collaborating, I don't think it would have been, it happened or if it would have taken a lot longer for Mick to do that on his own. So this mm -hmm. is a pro team environment award. Those type of incentives, acknowledgement, communication throughout the, the competition, whatever it is, those are the things that are going to detour the every person for themselves mentality. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. <laughs>
So, and then I think the other thing is if you need to mix it up every once in a while, or if you need to call an early end to mm -hmm. a competition to start, start it back mm -hmm. up with a level playing field, let's say you just slaughtered first month and there is no way anyone's going to catch up with you if we run the right. same competition for the next two to finish the quarter. Well, then you know what? Let's give you the win and let's start fresh because otherwise everyone's just defeated and yeah. they just know there's no way. It's like, can you imagine running against Usain Bolt in, around a track if, you know, if someone had him as a ringer, uh, HR after hours field and game awards. <laughs> and you're like, well, if he's going to run in all the competitions every time, forget it. We're done. Right. Just give them the award, figure out the next one, start the new competition. Because one of the biggest cons in a competitive work environment, when associates have been polled coming out of those environments or different contests and asked, what do you enjoy the most? What do you like the least? They have at times said that the competition actually created anxiety for them mm. and stress because some people don't like to be in the limelight all the time. And if they're forced, their numbers are always being discussed every week or someone it's creating a little competition against them that they didn't have before. Sometimes it'll just make them extremely uncomfortable to where they can actually feel physically ill. And mm -hmm. so those are the types of things that you need to keep an eye out for and there may be a time where you have to make an adjustment if you do see someone that's, that's having a negative impact on them and their abilities professionally, or if you can just tell it's making someone just very uncomfortable. Yeah. Because ultimately, it's not like, this isn't the 80s, right? We're aging ourselves. This isn't the 80s where it's like, ah, put some dirt, what is it? Rub some dirt on it. You'll be yeah. fine. You know, if you see someone in your team is really struggling and it's, is putting undue stress and duress on them, and they were uh, a strong performer before this, you've got to figure something out. Yeah, and then you also have to look for that nasty competitor, the one who would, you know, the, the one who would play, you know, basketball against a six-year-old and, like, dunk on them, you know? Like, let's <laughs> not... You know what I'm talking about? Like, is it, yeah. is it a half Billy Madison playing yes. dodgeball? Yes, exactly. You don't want that either, where you've got the, you know, really strong competitor competitor who just wants to really lay it on thick to those who might be new in the role, might be struggling. And then that makes, you know, I feel like that makes everybody feel bad except for the person who is kind of the jerk on the, in the situation. So I think just being really mindful on that full situation is really important. Absolutely. Do you know who was one of the dirtiest competitive players of all time? And he's actually one of the greatest sports icons in our history? Uh, I don't know the answer to this, but maybe I'm going to guess Michael Jordan. I don't oh know. Oh, my gosh. That guy was so mean and dirty sometimes. Really? Oh, yes. So here's a couple little quick tidbits about MJ. And I'm a, I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. I actually have a framed Neiman painting behind my desk of uh, his airness. But did you know that he would sometimes yeah. make such competitive, uh, create such a competitive culture in practice that he actually punched Steve Kerr right in the face once during a practice. He and punched somebody Steve in the Kerr. face during a practice. Steve Kerr. I don't know who Steve Kerr is. <laughs> Steve Kerr during the, the reign of the Chicago Bulls, he was the shorter white guy who would drain 
threes from everywhere. He was one of the most disciplined athletes, one of the greatest free throw shooters of all time. He would actually, after practice, every single home Bulls practice, Steve Kerr would shoot 100 free throws after practice. You're talking about someone who was known for his commitment, his discipline. He's very, he wasn't a, a trash talker. And uh, yeah, he and Jordan were, and Jordan liked to give it, you know, go really hard against uh, his teammates and he was getting physical with Kerr and then Kerr did something he didn't like and he just punched him in the face. Bet you didn't know that. Same thing. Famous uh, bull center, Will Purdue. He was punched in the face by Jordan more than once. Now, Kerr said he actually learned from it and it made him a stronger presence on the court with Jordan because he knew he had to get up and confront Jordan about it, and stand right back up and get in his face. And he did. He's one of the few people I've actually heard say something like that. But (laughs) Jordan was known to constantly challenge and push to the point where um, it probably kept other people from joining the Bulls. He actually tried to keep Kukoc from joining the Bulls, who was part of their their second round of championships. You know, Kobe Bryant did some of those similar tactics. And um, that's all I really want to say about Kobe uh, since he's no longer with us. You do have people that sometimes their competitiveness and their tendency to go overboard will Mm -hmm. keep other people from joining your team, I have actually interviewed someone. And when I told them who they would be working with, they said, no, thank you. That person does not have integrity and they're an ass. Dislike someone that you're willing to turn down a six figure income to, because that person would be someone you have to interact with at work. That tells you that there are people out there. They're toxic. That's a toxic work environment. And obviously. And nobody, toxic work environment and, 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 even if it helps you hit your goals in the short term, it's never, never a good idea because you're just, it's going to implode on itself and you're going to have to start from square one again. I think we've all seen it in our lives where the manager turns over the entire team because they can't encourage people because it's just so negative and toxic. And, you know, the whole Jordan thing I've heard, you know, I've heard other stories and I'm not a big sports person and um but I've heard stories of, of some of the things he's done and part of the reason why he had to retire uh for a bit and it just seems like that he um is a just very in it for himself type of a, a player versus team player that's the biggest thing to you and I is we want to make sure that we never create an environment that is going to even have a potential of being toxic, especially if you're bringing something new into a work environment. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to make sure that it does nothing but have uh, positive results and creates a positive work environment. We've seen a change in the workforce as a whole where people no longer go to a company as their first job and plan on retiring there. The the days of the resume with 10 years per position or even five years is going by the wayside. Associates wanna be a part of a company that it's gonna generate a win-win. They're gonna be successful, develop, grow, have time to grow and, and develop as a person outside of work. And they want to be a part of a company that encourages that. They also want to be a part of a company that does things to help the world outside of the four walls of a business. And that's where you've seen a lot of incentives uh, based around um, charities 
and what your company does to help out the community. That is one of the biggest selling points you have today. So that may be possibly the demise of an extremely competitive work environment because mm-hmm. it may be more about creating positivity inside and outside the four inside and outside the four walls. And that's where if you can't create a competitive work environment that celebrates successes, partnerships, yeah. um, everything over just the common goal. We're no longer in a in a business environment of black and white anymore. It's it's about a cohesive unit that people want to be a member of a team that ultimately, no matter what your company makes, it may be hard to find a way to call uh, a company that generates picture frames as contributing to the world. So they want you to do other things that contribute to to positive change outside mm-hmm. of just what you manufacture. So you almost have to decide what is my goal as far as creating a positive impact with this competition, not only in the results of the company and the goals we're setting, but in the results of my people and how they can contribute to the company and the team and maybe even contribute outside of the four walls in society. Right, absolutely. And I, I think it's really important that, you know, people want to be a part, I mean, they want to be a part of a, a great company and do meaningful work. And that's part of it is ensuring that if we are a competitive work environment, we have to show why we're doing the things the way we do them and why it benefits the company and it benefits the employee. But I think everyone is just strives to do meaningful work that's why a lot of people get up in the morning. So it's important to make sure that's part of your culture. I love it. I mean, think about it. The incentives, this whole time we've talked about incentives and competitive work environments, it's probably been assumed that the incentive is a big cash bonus, but the incentive can be so many other things. I mean, I think it's always good to reward performance uh, with some monetary accolades as well, but it could really be you know, you're going to get X amount of dollars and we're going to match those same amount of dollars to the charity of your choice. Or you're going to pick our charity for the next quarter that all of our contributions are going to go to, things like that. We are at a point where everyone has, almost everyone has a cause that's important to them because of things that have happened to them personally or just something that they saw that just changed them a little. And I know you have a couple charities that I I never really dug deep on what what created (laughs) it, but I love it. And every once in a while, I'll uh, see it pop up on social media and we'll talk about those maybe on our next call. Hannah Hampton, (laughs) we've been a little all over the place, but I think we've had some good stuff. Fun Uh, conversation. It was fun. What would you like to close with today? Well, just you know what, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna quote one of my favorite movies, kind of, and just be excellent to one another. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Hannah Hampton. Always a pleasure. Everyone, <laughs> take on the rest of your day. Take care. <laughs>